This episode is sponsored by Blockbases, your platform to navigate Web3 safely. Remember the feeling you have when you connect your wallet to a new dApp or smart contract, not exactly sure if this is safe or not? Well, Blockbases will answer that question for you before making any detrimental mistakes, risking all your assets in your wallet. With Blockbases, you can easily review dApps and smart contracts that have either been audited or hacked. All dApps and smart contracts have been graded with a security score. And if you find yourself wondering, hmm, maybe there were some shady dApps I connected my wallet to in the past. Well, Blockbases makes it easy for you to scan your wallet and revoke access to any dApps or smart contracts that pose a risk to the funds in your wallet. To try Blockbases today, go on Blockbases.com. That is Blockbases.com. So uh, welcome everyone to the Cosmos Club, where we talk all things Cosmos, we tweet daily about what's going on, and then we invite interesting, fascinating, hardworking builders of the Cosmos ecosystem to spaces like these. And today we are honored to have Dean from Agoric and the Inter Protocol and IST with us. Thank you for joining, Dean. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun. And by the way, the questions in the thread you know, I looked at before that people posted were amazing. So I'm looking forward to this. It's a, it's a vibrant community. The cosmos is growing. So, um, so yeah. The, uh, so we'll start what we do generally because uh, conversations tend to take all kinds of routes. Uh, we try to blend in the, the questions as we go on. Uh, throughout the conversation, so uh, so people shouldn't get too stressed out if uh, if they're not uh, being invited to speak or anything. We we cherry pick uh, some of the questions, but let's start with uh, with you, Dean. Uh, a little personal background on you. We like to start these things uh, because people come from all walks of life in in crypto and in cosmos in particular. I feel so. It would be great to hear just a little personal background how you ended up working with uh, and for Agoric. Sure. So I started in, you know, software many, many, I'll say decades ago, um, you know, one of the early cypherpunks and very interested in how software could help people cooperate, how software could help rich economies grow and how software could help uh, people be more free, be more able to do what they wanted to do. Um, And so that's been a driving theme since, you know, back in the 80s, where we first where we did, you know, worked on the first uh, uh, production smart contracts at the early days of the internet. And that software helping people cooperate has just been really a driving sort of theme and vision and desire. So I, I worked on distributed systems technology, internet technology, you know, early e-commerce, those kinds of things where it involved lots of new security techniques and, you know, this how do you make uh, a system of, of, of software that can enable strangers to cooperate, that can make it easy to grow interesting, complex applications and that sort of thing. So come 2017, um, there were all these, you know, breaches and losses on the Ethereum chain. And I think it was, a, it was actually Zuko um, that, that knew that me and my co-founder, now co-founder Mark Miller, had been working in this area, sort of not in Web3, but in Web2 and, and, and earlier, you know, working in the area of smart contracts and online businesses and security architecture and that sort of stuff. So he knew we had a different approach for how to program this stuff, for how to secure this stuff. And he helped pull together a group that was, you know, included Arthur Brightman, uh, Mark Miller, uh, Brian Warner had just finished the security review, security audit of Ethereum. And it was a panel to talk about um, whether this approach would help with the kinds of losses and security issues they were seeing on Ethereum. 
And the answer that everyone came out with there was, yeah. <laughs> and so that got the Agoric, <laughs> uh, that got the Agoric project started to bring all that, you know, decades of work into the crypto verse. And, and, and that's been the Agoric project. And we're just now, you know, all of it's now come together with, with both, you know, the, the, the platform, we're just exiting what we refer to as our, our uh, mainnet one phase where we build up the platform for JavaScript. We build up these initial economic institutions like Stablecoin or Stable Token, and uh, you know now we move our sites to being a general-purpose platform for people to be able to build smart contracts in JavaScript. So you know, going after mainstream markets and the 14 million some odd uh, uh, developers out there that program JavaScript. Beautiful, and um, I think something that uh, a lot of people is asking, I can also see in the community. Some of the relationship between Agoric and the Interprotocol and IST, the stablecoin. Maybe you can just sort of get the, the quick rundown on the Absolutely. relationship between the two. Right. So they're very much symbiotic. So um, when we first set out to do uh, the, the, the smart contract platform and looking at, okay, one of the questions is how do you do a gas model? And in Ethereum... And we, you know, there was other stable token projects going, you know, from, from ETH, you know, you could use DAI, you could use USDC, you know, but, you know, one of the observations is when you look at like the Ethereum market is you're paying for execution with a volatile commodity with, 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 ETH, with ETH and, you know, and on Tezos you're paying with Tez and you're, you're paying with this thing that, that is, you know, a different value today than tomorrow. And, Gas is like postage or rent or something like that, where, where, you know, you can pay your rent. You can imagine paying your rent in Apple shares or gold or something like that. But do you really want a long-term contract where three years from now you promise to pay, you know, your $2,000 rent, you know, with a couple of Bitcoin and now Bitcoin is worth $20,000 or $30,000? The answer is you'd probably be unhappy with that, right? Much of an economy you know, runs on long-term contracts, mortgages, um, uh, subscriptions, loan agreements that give you a nice anchor in the value of the, the, the medium of payment you're using. And gas is one of those. So we really knew we wanted, you know, the other phrase, right? A few thousand years ago, we discovered that a stable token was actually valuable to making an economy flourish. And we were all about enabling a very rich and large economy to flourish. And that meant having an underpinning stable token that 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 could grease the wheels of commerce that could um, uh, uh, that you'd use to pay for gas for gas prices for execution for other services on chain and that meant it had to be intrinsic to the execution engine of the machine and so uh, that said yep we're going to need a native you know built in the system stable token to pay for gas as the gas fee and to pay for services and oh by the way to make it easy for simple small businesses to roll out where you know consumers can tell what things are priced in consumers compare these prices and it's not critical for the agoric platform that it be tied to it that it have parity with the dollar and we can talk about parity versus peg there but 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 it's convenient from an accounting point of view for a lot of businesses and a lot of users that it have parity with a dollar just because that's what a lot of you know, companies have their books in. Um, but the main thing is that you know, if I've got a subscription, the price today versus the price in two weeks versus the price in two years, I can reason about the difference, right? I can compare the difference in the price of two different services and stuff. Yeah. And I think uh, it would be nice to hear uh, from you the 
the difference between parity and pick. Because uh -huh. definitely, as the saying goes, I mean, if we want a decentralized world, we need decentralized money and decentralized yep. dollars. Yep, absolutely. There's just no way around it. So, right. so yeah, please uh, continue uh, the <laughs> difference between the parity and pick. Well, of course, you know, like there's the peg stability module in, in DAI and so forth. But we, you know, we on the design of the overall tokenomics on the on IST on many of the ideas of how people, what we could do to make it easier for you know domain experts to build an application for their domain without having to be crypto experts. You know, we had a lot of of, of economists that we work with. Right, we have a, a group of economists, several of them out of RMIT University in Australia. You know, Jason Potts, Chris Bird, Sinclair Davidson, and then you know, options trader, Joe Clark, and, you know, just a bunch of these people that have, have practical economic experience. And as soon as we use the word peg, they're like, no, 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 that's not what, what's going on here. You're not dedicating a pool of funds in order to make sure that it stays right on the, you know, right on the pricing of this particular dollar thing. You want it near there. You want it to be, uh, you know, you want it to be close, but there is a much more careful specification of what economists mean if you've got a peg right and you know even hard peg versus soft peg you know is it, and and so they're very precise about that sort of stuff and as you're trying to make you know new economic institutions that really can leverage the value of thousands of years of analyzing this stuff it behooves you to to make sure that the language aligns well um, and so we wanted low volatility so that you know that the price of something that you're paying now is the same price if you paid for it an hour from now or, or, or a month from now. But, but you know, is it critical that it be just dead on someone's idea of what, of what the dollar price of Adam is? Like, no, it's just mm -hmm. got to be, be reasonable. Um, and if that, if that ends up making sense from an economic point of view for it to still be low volatility, but drift away from a dollar peg because, um, uh, you know, because, you know, SEC be crazy, um, uh, then, uh, you know, and drift off to Euro or, you know, Canadian dollar or yen or whatever it is, or just a basket of combined goods as the future of the um, decentralized uh, uh, econo economy evolves, that's fine. Right. That still retains its value as a unit of account, as a medium of exchange. And as long as the volatility is low enough as a store of value. And, those, you know, and that's what you need. You don't, you know, as I said, dollar is convenient until dollar is not what you want to price things in anymore. And then it can drift to something that's more useful. Makes sense. Makes sense. And I want to dwell on the, uh, on the stable coin market and IST. Um, but before we do, I just want to tie a bow on the, on the Agoric setup because I think a lot of people, at least who's been oh, in right. crypto for some years, they would uh, they would remember, uh, uh, for example, Lisk and other <laughs> uh, chains and protocols sure. and ecosystems that were very JavaScript focused. Mm -hmm. I think I mean that it makes so much sense, right? Uh, the mm -hmm. narrative is very strong. There's so many developers that can and, and do build in JavaScript all kinds of things mm -hmm. in Web2. So why shouldn't they be able to deploy something in Web3? Right. That, that narrative in itself is just very easy to understand, very powerful, huge potential. How do you see yourself, uh, and now I'm saying you as Agoric, mm -hmm. uh, how does Agoric fit into, I guess you can say Web3 in general, but in particular other ecosystems that are trying to bridge uh, for JavaScript developers onto Web3? Right. So, and let me give a, you know, let me, let me say a little bit of the differentiation there, right? You know, people have tried to take a stab at JavaScript, but a, 
you know, we've got, you know, like Mark Miller has been on the JavaScript standards committee for 15 years, and he's a, a big reason why it is secure enough to, uh, you know, to control literally trillions of dollars a day in trading on terminals like Bloomberg and systems like, um, uh, like, like Salesforce, right? So, so JavaScript really is critical to the financial ecosystem and the ability to do so and robustly defend against vast amounts of an attack against millions of sites on an ongoing basis, you know, is a testament to him carrying the banner for essentially the architecture of security that we're using for smart contracts. Um, the, 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 you know, JavaScript a few years ago was not suited to smart contracts, right? You, you know, you have to deal with non-determinism, you, you know, you, the, you have to deal with making sure that a program starting from the same state will compute exactly the same answer with exactly the same, you know, values and, and, and new state every time on every machine for everybody. That's critical to the architecture of, 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 of blockchain where, you know, 100 machines executes the same thing and votes to agree on coming up with the same answer. And what and so as we've added into the JavaScript standards, the the requirements to be able to you know the, the or the the infrastructure to be able to take arbitrary third party code and safely run it in a in a playground where we can give it a small amount of authority we can give a smart contract authority over its own wallet but but strong assurance that it can't access anybody else's that same technique let it also lock down uh, a lot of the non you know a lot of the sources of non determinism and then. You know, there have been a few more in the implementation that have taken somewhat longer than we expected to be able to lock down, but we're there now. And so that took a lot of work. The other thing is that is that JavaScript, part of the reason it's successful is not just because, you know, it's a language that's everywhere and everyone can use it. It's because it's the kind of language you can build a rich framework in. You can build React.js that, that where experts can build components that you know, or experts at JavaScript can build components that experts at some domain, like, you know, painting or art or, 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 or concerts or what, concert management or whatever, that domain expert can grab this component that they could not build and use it in their application and deliver value to their customers. And that, that ability to have, you know, people of different skill levels building components is a critical value in JavaScript. And so we needed to build a framework like, what React is for user interface developers, right? You know, where, where it has, you know, lots of affordances for mouse clicks and rendering and combining components in a safe fashion. We have lots of affordances for valuing assets and trading them in escrow and, and auctions and that sort of thing and plugging those components together in a safe fashion, right? And so that, you know, a lot of it is, is the framework um, in JavaScript. And so those are some of the elements that make what we have in terms of rolling out a platform that, 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 that you know, Yes, it can use VS Code and use sort of the most popular development tools and, 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 and techniques, but it also has a, the kind of framework that JavaScript developers come to expect for building, for building mainstream applications. I realize also I didn't answer half of your other question about the symbiosis of IST and Java, sorry, and, and the Agoric platform. Um, so we needed the economy. We needed IST as the backbone of the economy um, for, for Agoric. And... And so, um, you know, all of the components and all of this component model doing in JavaScript also enable IST to be be able to be built in a way that's transparent, understandable and extensible by, you know, by multiple people in the economy in various ways where other people could add new 
awesome ways to 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 base and mint uh, IST on and, you know, get it accepted by the ecosystem and have that roll out in the future. And so so there is this symbiosis where, you know, the build ecosystem grows and gets value from the growth of IST, where it's where it's where the the um, uh, rewards to build stakers scale with the size of the economy, scale with the amount of IST out there. And IST benefits from the pluggable and extensible economy and the growing the growing use of IST in the in the uh, build and agoric economy. So, anyway, Beautiful. two answers. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's a great segue to uh, to dwell on the IST there because uh, just like I was just asking about the, how you see yourself agoric uh, in terms of other similar ecosystems like Lisk, right. a lot of people yeah. I think have at least heard about. Uh, I have a similar question, uh, and the community also has been asking this uh, uh-huh. multiple times, I can see, uh, how IST is placed uh, compared to other stable coins like Silk comes to mind, of course, in Cosmos, or USK from Kojira. Um, yes. So talk to us about the difference in, in the mechanism. You already talked about the, the difference between parity and PEG, but mm-hmm. yeah, talk to us about how IST is placed in the, in the stable coin uh, Cosmoverse. Sure. So, um, you know, so so we were working on and we included IST in our design and in the design of our component architecture and use it as a driving example for our for our framework, you know, long before the UST crash, for example. Right. It's it part of the the design, you know, the Agoric white paper from, you know, whatever it is, 2019 or something. Um, yeah. And um, it was actually at cause uh, the first Cosmoverse in Lisbon where we were describing the agoric economy and i think it was sunny there's like oh my god a stable token back with adam we really want it please please get it out there right it's like well okay well you know we've got a schedule there's a lot of work to do on javascript we'll get it out there as soon as you can right but that got us thinking about how we had already you know we were already designed to be ibc native right you know a lot of the 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 reason why agoric got together with cosmos was you know we were mutually inspired by each other's ideas and it was like we found our people. And so, you know, Agoric has always been essentially, you know, this, this um, network distributed coordination across lots of different uh, independent services, um, you know, kind of model of the world. And so we realized that we were already designing IST to have multiple minting mechanisms in in an extensible fashion um, and to use assets, to use collateral as assets coming from other chains across the, the 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 across IBC across the Cosmos ecosystem, and indeed we were planning to start with you know sort of you know or our, our idea is the obvious place to start was Atom because its availability liquidity and and you know and appreciation for what the Atom community has created and built for all of us as well as the you know the fundamental asset value and so the goal of unlocking the liquidity of Adam and other assets across the, the, the ecosystem really inspired us to go, you know, th- this argument that you need a stable token to grease the gears of commerce. Well, now we're part of an interchain economy or that's what we're growing. And especially with the bear market, you know, the next, a big chunk of the next uh, run is going to be about interchain or you know interoperability and interoperable economy. And you know, same argument, an economy needs a stable token in order to grow, right? It really facilitates, it reduces the frictions in an economy from the point of end users, right? You know, it's easy to argue, oh, I'm, you know, my NFT thing, I want people to buy buy my NFTs with my NFT token. 
But someone coming in with a credit card does not give a damn about your NFT token. And if you want to sell them your NFT, you need to make that easy. What they want is to be able to pay with something that, you know, they can compare buying the NFT on one site versus rebuying it on some auction site versus, you know, holding it for, for, for something that's been offered on some yet some third site in the future. Right? And so, you know, it, 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 it enables, you know, having a currency really enables interchain economy to grow and it will make it much easier for us to reach um, uh, customers and clients that are outside our economy. And so we, we sort of shifted gears, changed the name in order to really remind us and remind everyone and really shifted into our technology can serve for a, a stable token that is, you know, it's not motivated by making a lot of money. It's motivated by by making a large economy and helping a large economy. And that's what the interchain needs. And so, you know, let's shift our focus so that it's so that it's, you know, very much about getting IST out earlier to the interchain. And then we'll worry about building up the, you know, ma making the Agoric platform uh, uh, ready for people to deploy on. And so that's what we did. And so we, you know, prioritized IST, got it out there. Um, I think in in terms of key differentiators with other stable tokens. Okay, first off, obviously it's IST, it's it's IBC native, it's interchain native. So anything that's not, I mean, it's great, great to bring Dai over. The Dai folks are really, really, you know, the, the the MakerDAO folks is a really awesome team. They've got a lot of great ideas, and they're they're really wise and smart and sort of. Uh, thoughtful and 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 aligned correctly on the values, you know, the things we all value about a crypto ecosystem. But it's certainly not Cosmos native, and it's certainly not backed by the assets that we all have built here. It's not backed by Adam and Osmo and Juno and and you know Crescent and all these things, right? And so we wanted something that was native. The other thing is we're really at the beginning of the journey, so we really need something that is extensible and that can evolve. I mean, right now we want to start with fully backed. Right. You know, that that's critical until you've got a deep, rich economy that has all these long term contexts that provide these other mechanisms for stability. And then you can consider other options. Right. But starting fully back, starting back, you know, tied in with um, other stable tokens, you know, able to able to leverage, you know, U.S. dollars in a bank account, you know, through via USDT and USDC so that you can simplify liquidation so that you can make it easy for institutional money to get in. All those kinds of things mean you really want something that's extensible and that can evolve. And that's what our platform is built for. So that's sort of one of the key differentiators is that we're built in a way that that, that, that people can, you know, drive this forward and have it evolve in the future. Perfect, Dean. I feel like uh, there's you're just a fountain of information here. So I'm so glad that you came on. It's, uh, it's, hey, it's just a pleasure to, me, to just sit and listen. <laughs> You recently uh, announced the uh, vaults, or relatively yeah. recently. I mean, crypto moves yeah. very fast, right? So, uh, <laughs> right, right. relatively recently, you announced uh, your vaults. Yeah. Um, talk to us about that, and uh, right. just to to stay within the theme, um, compare that perhaps to uh, at least uh, the term vaults is something that uh, many Absolutely. people have heard about in Cosmos with Kassar, <laughs> with Sommelier, uh, yeah, Ethereum, but also moving to Cosmos. So, yeah, talk to us about vaults right. from uh, Agoric. Right. Well, there are only so many awesome names and vaults has been reused for multiple purposes. So these are vaults like the MakerDAO style vault. So it is, you know, and and um, it is I can take a, an asset in this. Let's take Adam. I can take Adam, bring it over to uh, to Agoric, create a vault 
which is lock up the atom inside of this vault that I still control. It's still my vault. I'm not, I'm not transferring these atoms to someone else. I'm putting them in a stable token or in, into this, this stable token engine. And then, and then my vault mints IST, um, a, you know, a, a, up to you know the, some 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 value based on the amount of atom I put in there. So the atom is collateral. Um, if I put in two thousand dollars worth of atom, maybe I can then mint a thousand dollars of IST, and then I can take that off and use it in a yield farm, buy NFTs with it, um, you know, pay for for for, for um, uh, compute services or you know AI training, GPU services on a cost, or you know or or you know buy tickets at Omniflix or whatever it is, right? I've got I've got cash that I that I you know that or or the 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 IST uh, um, interchain equivalent that I can go and spend in various places pay gas on on various chains that sort of thing and you know one of the ways to th and this is not just something that's well established in in MakerDAO on crypto but much of the world money works this way right you know home loans home equity loans are i've got a volatile asset which is my house um it might be worth uh, you know a hundred thousand dollars um yeah you wish prices were that cheap um but it might be worth a hundred thousand dollars and against i put it up as collateral and i can and i can borrow uh, 50,000 US dollars. But what's actually happening in many of the major banks is they are effectively minting US dollars on their books. And a, much of the US dollars in circulation is minted by banks against the asset value of houses. Similarly, businesses get loans against collateral or get, you know, their organizations that, get, that, that mint new dollars against locked up gold in a gold account. Gold is a volatile commodity. Um, its value goes up and down. And if if the value of gold goes down too far against the amount of U.S. dollar minted against your gold, it will sell the gold. Now, obviously, U.S. dollar is not fully collateralized, but but fully collateralized. There's lots of reasons why that's the right place to start in the in the in the crypto ecosystem. OK, so what are some differences with other with with other other platforms? One of the most important accidents, shall we say, in MakerDAO, and this goes back to, you know, it, some of the wisdom in MakerDAO is that they observed that this accident was a good thing. They didn't try and fix it. They instead elevated it. And it's that in their Oracle, they take, you know, they at 9 a.m., they will snapshot the price and they will say at 10 a.m., we're going to liquidate based on this price. Most of the other stable tokens in the world, they liquidate at the instant the Oracle moves, right? Oracle moves, it's now, you know, Adam went from $10 to $9.50. You know, your liquidation threshold at $10, bam, you're off to the liquidators. Your, your Adam's going to be sold to cover your debt and the, and, and the, um, or the debt of that vault. Um, and the, uh, you know, and, and that makes sure that the currency stays solvent, but now you don't have Adam. Okay. And, it turns out that much of the profit that these uh, that that these stable coins make, much of the the rewards they get, are from liquidation fees. So they don't necessarily have an incentive not to surprise you with liquidations, right? But from an economist's point of view, from an econ from wanting a stable token that can be a backbone of an economy, that's not great. The best liquidation is one that never happens. You want people to be able to get the stable token out and go do business and follow their plans and achieve what they want to achieve in an economy. You don't want to kick the legs out from under their their um, uh, their asset because uh, you know because they were on the edge and their and their 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 value went down. 
And so, and what you end up, the behavior you end up seeing in MakerDAO is, you know, oh my gosh, the price went down in an hour, a billion dollars in vaults are going to be liquidated, right? And, um, uh, and, but you've got an hour. So it ends up being like a margin call in, 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 in the stock world where you have an hour to make yourself whole to get either, either pay down the debt of your vault or bring some more Adam over in order to bring up the amount of collateral so that you will not be liquidated, right? And when we were mm -hmm. looking at these liquidation mechanisms, right, in, in securities trading, you know, margin accounts and that sort of thing, if there's a margin call, which is to say you're, you've borrowed more dollars against your, your uh, securities than, your, that, you know, that, than they can afford, you get told and then you have a fixed amount of time to cover your, your, your debt. It's not market dependent. It's not dependent on how, you know, the, on, on how fast things are falling. That lets you do much more orderly management of finances and more orderly manage of, management of finances leads to a better economy. And so this, this model of Oracle where you're not abruptly liquidating people turns out to just be a much, much better economic model. And that's one of the things that's very much different about the Agoric uh, model versus, you know, USK or other things. Right on. It almost seems like there's uh, perverse incentives involved when uh, when you have an incentive to liquidate your users, which is oh, yeah. not exactly the best user it's experience. It's almost like it is a perverse incentive and you have to actively make an organization that it, that is structured to to not to resist that perverse incentive where our goal is a large economy. Our goal is, you know, the value is, is, is aligning everyone around making a bigger economy, not around extracting value from people who want to use stable token. That's a good segue into the whole price Oracle debates or Oracle <laughs> networks, because uh -huh. um, I mean, it all comes down to how do you validate pricing? And uh, obviously in crypto or in a decentralized world, there could be many opinions about something like a price. How do mm -hmm. you objectively justify uh, something like a price it might seem on the surface like of course you can objectively say what is the price just by taking <laughs> you know uh, price oracles and just average it out or whatever but underneath the surface it becomes much more complicated than that right talk to right. us about how you guys handle uh, uh, oracles third-party oracles uh, taking into account the risk that is involved from uh, third-party integrations of course absolutely and so this model of get a price so, so there, there are three roles for prices in a stable token infrastructure, or stable token, or in a vault rather infrastructure. The first is, hey, I've got some atom. How much IST can I mint against that? And that involves the price of atom. If it's ten bucks a pop, you know, and I'm putting in a hundred of them, then that's a thousand dollars worth of atom. Um, you know, assuming it's ten bucks a pop and not ten fifty or nine fifty, right? Um, but the next thing is there is a there is a, a minimum collateralization ratio. So if I say you know okay I've got a, I've got quote a thousand dollars unquote worth of atom, but the minimum collateralization ratio is you know two hundred percent, which is to say I ha you know for for a thousand dollars worth of atom I can mint five hundred dollars worth of of, of of IST. Now you know if I'm off by ten percent in the Oracle price, that just means I might be able to mint 510 or 490. It doesn't mean, I, I, I didn't do the 10% in my head, but, but you get the idea. Um, uh, it doesn't mean I'm suddenly going to mint something insolvent, 
right? It doesn't mean I'm suddenly going to mint $2,000 worth of IST against $1,000 worth of Atom, right? So there's a, there's a, is your Oracle maybe off by a little bit or is it totally borked, right? So let's take those two scenarios separately. If it's just maybe off by a little bit, then, you know, the liquidation ratio, one of the kinds of things it includes, or sorry, the, the, the minimum collateralization ratio is it includes uncertainty for how quickly we'll be able to sell your collateral if we have to sell your collateral, how volatile is Adam, how volatile is the collateral you're using such that it might fall at a certain rate. And how accurate are our oracles? How up to date are the oracles? And you can bake all those into the risk that, you know, the more accurate your oracles are and the lower volatility your collateral is, the lower the, the, the amount or the, the more IST you could mint for a given, uh, for a given uh, collateral type, right? If, if we were going to use, you know, a, a well-regarded stable token as collateral as opposed to in the parity stability module, then you might be able to, you might have a minimum, minimum collateralization ratio of, you know, only 5% instead of, instead of 100%, right? You know, I could, for 105 cents worth of die, I can mint 100 cents worth of, of, of IST, right? But, um, so that means you're not very sensitive to, the, to, to really precise Oracle accuracy there. The second phase is liquidation, which is, you know, okay, the price just fell below $10. That's your liquidator, you know, uh, in the case of, you know, you, you minted at $10, you know, the most we're going to give you is $5 um, and the liquidation threshold is $8. At the point where the price falls below $8, we're now going to liquidate your vault. Um, and so in that scenario, if it was the abrupt kind of liquidation, that sucks, right? You get you get the price at, drops for just a moment below eight dollars, um, and then it pops up above. But oh, I'm sorry, you were added to liquidation queue. You're out of luck. Your 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 atoms are going to get sold, right? That would not be great. That model that I said, where the oracle, you know, you take a snapshot at at, at nine o'clock, saying, you know what, at ten o'clock we're going to liquidate at this price. Even if you're wrong, even if the oracle, when you took that snapshot, was the wrong number, at least everyone now has an hour to cover their bets. Everyone has an hour to, to cover their collateral, you know, where they know it's unreasonable that, that it gets liquidated, at, you know, that, that, that everything um, uh, below 12 gets liquidated, whatever the heck it is. But at least they can now do something and make sure they don't get liquidated for the one round of, of liquidation that's at the wrong price, right? Um, so there's there's the recovery ability, um, and that's nice. And then the other thing is, once they do get liquidated, they're not getting liquidated at that unreasonable price. Liquidation is an auction. One of the things that we we changed gears in November, where we were going to do liquidation against an AMM, a native AMM on the on the Agoric platform, and you know, Osmosis and Crescent and others and Shade Swap all knocking these various AMM ideas out of the park, right? And and so, you know, there's already these AMMs. Let's not do that. Let's not do one and try to, to, to compete or get enough liquidity there. And so we instead switched over to doing a, you know, relatively familiar, economically sound over the last thousand years or so um, liquidation auction, which is a Dutch auction where you start at a price that's a little bit above the current Oracle price, and then the price goes down uh, from there. Um, until someone buys it. And so even if it decided, oh, we're going to liquidate everything, you know, as if the price had fallen to $5, you know, well, okay, people are still going to be paying eight bucks for it if the price, if the real price is $8. doesn't matter what the Oracle says, people are going to buy and sell at the price they think it's worth. 
Um, and so again, you're not very sensitive to the Oracle price there. So, so the nice thing about this is, you know, is, is stable tokens, you know, the Oracle prices tell it when to do things, but it's still people buying at the price they understand that cause actual economic movement. And, and you know, while they might be slightly influenced by the Oracle, they will also be well aware if the Oracles are, are, are acting out. Okay. And then, so then that's about, you know, where does the, where, what's the role of Oracle? Um, we actually have a, in, a new Oracle network coming out as part of the, the Vaults network. And this was largely designed by people who've been doing oracles for a while. So, so simply staking um, uh, PDP validator or several other validators um, also run Chainlink nodes. And they've been doing that for a long time. They know how to do um, oracles. They know how to have quality distribution of sampling prices from multiple sources and making sure that the prices you're getting are correct and making sure that they're watching each other so that someone isn't either slacking off or trying to distort things or taking advantage of, of, of lying about the Oracle price or what have you. And so, so they put together a, a, a group of, uh, you know, simply staking drove the process to put together a group of, of um, chain link node operators to set up a parallel network, you know, in, inspired by and, and, and supported by uh, the chain link folk. They've been great. Um, but with all of the contracts written in the pluggable JavaScript infrastructure running on the Agoric blockchain, so that it can natively grow and expand as people start to do TWAPs or, or, or um, new aggregation models for Oracle prices. Um, and so that means that we'll be rolling out with sort of this information-rich environment for smart contracts where you can add and extend Oracles and they just, to a JavaScript program, and they just look like a notifier that says, hey, you know, run this function when this price changes. Um, and, you know, very, very easy and understandable to the JavaScript programmer and very, very useful um, for the whole liquidation architecture and, and, and vaults mechanism. And so, you know, those oracles will appear on, on, on Agoric, they'll be driving vaults, but the API will be generic. And so we'll be continuing to welcome other oracle providers from, you know, TWAPs off of, off of um, Osmosis to, you know, Ojo from, from Ume to, um, you know, MakerDAO was talking about making their oracles available to other networks, you know, and, and you know, let's have multiple providers so that, individual DeFi applications can decide which Oracle providers they want to use or they can do interesting straddling across multiple providers. Awesome, man. Awesome. There's a lot to unpack here, but uh, in order to get through <laughs> most of the questions here, uh, I'll uh, move on to governance because obviously, let's say, for example, you want to add a new price Oracle to the price feed or whatever the, uh, the ecosystem might want to might mm -hmm. decide on. Talk to us about the governance model that uh, sure. both the Interprotocol has and the uh, Agoric, of course. And then perhaps also, which I think brings it home in terms of the two-token kind of model, mm -hmm. why does the Interprotocol need both IST and the BLD token, the native yep. uh, Agoric token? Yep, I'm sure. Okay, so... Um, you know, one of the key values, of course, is decentralization. Um, you know, the underlying Agoric chain is, you know, the staking token is BLD um, and the build stakers determine what code executes on the chain. When we first did our token distribution event, you know, we already at that point, Agoric gave up control, you know, unilateral control of the chain. And we spun up, uh, you know, we, 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 you know, or rather other people spun up the DCF, the Decentralized Cooperation Foundation. Um, which is uh, chartered to take the ideas behind the Agoric platform and make sure that, you know, I mean, Agoric 
Agoric Opco is a company that builds software, right? We've got, you know, we're a business, we've got specific goals, we've got software we want to build, we've got things we want to do, but we also do believe in the over, the longer term, larger mission of building large scale decentralized economy to enable lots of strangers to cooperate and, you know, permissionless private, ex, you know, uh, 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 following of our own pursuits. And so, and applying the awesome technology in Agoric, because we've got, you know, we've been packing in literally decades worth of work in this area in this in this territory into the agoric platform and we all want to see that, that that technology thrive even beyond the agoric platform and so that's part of the decentralized cooperation foundation's charter is to take that stuff and do other things with it like you know the agoric uh you know hardened javascript is the basis of the metamask snaps thing to provide javascript extensibility of a wallet right and, and it, you know it shows up in web 2 platforms and stuff like that so so dcf exists to help you know, foment an awesome economy on top of the Agoric network and also elsewhere using the same technology stack. And so they do a lot of the, you know, governance inspiration and, and, and uh, um, oversight. So they, they, they rolled out policies for uh, how to manage the community pool and they got the community to buy into it. And, you know, I know they're working on what's the process for proposing a new collateral type um, for the platform and that sort of thing. So Agoric Opco, we just build software. The community and 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 independent agents like DCF, they drive the process of what 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 collaterals should be. Now, for the economy itself, and specifically for IST, um, you know, another truism is is you know, democracies don't really do things well. What they do is they can set policy well, but it's you know, smaller groups of people are usually more effective of, at getting stuff done. Um, and so, you know, we've been, you know, we've been inspired by that lesson from, you know, thousands of years of governance for a long time. And so the Econ Committee is the first of, you know, several of these kinds of, 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 of um, groups that are uh, elected or appointed or, you know, or, 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 you know, come together spontaneously to drive some part of in some sense, the overall governance of, of the economy. So the econ committee, um, you know, the, 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 the builder, you know, the build stakers as part of the original rollout of IST back uh, last year, they voted in a slate of folks that are not employees of Agoric. They, you know, they're, they're, and, and in fact, I don't even, I, there are several of them that I've maybe been on a zoom call, but I've never met. <laughs> uh, but, but they're experts in the field of, you know, currency management, economic, you know, trading, uh, um, uh, you know, all, all this spectrum of things you would like for someone that's thinking about how can we best make sure we have a stable token that encourages growth of an economy and doesn't extract value. And these people are not rewarded by the value that the stable coin extracts. They're rewarded by accomplishing a large scale economy. And so um, so the Econ Committee has very specific circumscribed ability to control the economic parameters of IST. So the, you know, the, the PSMs, what are the minting limits, you know, uh, in case one of these stable tokens uh, that, that, that we are, that we connect to and bridge um, IST to, in case one of them goes south for a while, as happened recently, um, the, uh, the, the parameters for um, collateralization ratios and minimum liquidation ratios and, and um, uh, the stabilization fee for how much the, the system, how much you have to pay the system in order to mint IST and all those kinds of things are controlled by the econ committee to, with a mission to make for stable, sound, long-lived 
um, uh, stable token that a lot of people can rely on. And they're, they're accountable to the build stakers in that they can simply be replaced. Um, but otherwise, they're, you know, they bring their expertise, they bring their biases, they bring their um, ideas to the table. And, you know, and they're one of the, the, the ingredients, you know, one of the several ingredients that would be involved in getting a new collateral type, for example, on IST. So they're working out the, the they're working out a process that would work for risk management and analysis before rolling out of the collateral. They'll publish that, you know, DCL will review it. The community will vote on it, and then that will be the process for new types of collateral. But you know, as befits responsible governance, that includes you know it will need volatility analysis and you know what's is there a good price source and does liquidation work for this asset because those are critical for a collateral to be a sound collateral for the for the ecosystem makes sense and on the subject of new types of collateral new features the roadmap basically there's mm -hmm. a lot of exciting things going on already within the interprotocol and agoric mm -hmm. well, talk to us about what's on the horizon because i think Obviously, a lot of people always look to what's on the horizon and what's coming. So right. uh, I want to make sure we bring that, bring that in front Absolutely. of the bus here. Well, okay. So for Agoric Opco, we are we you know continue to support it you know and have people that you know that that, that but it is a source of requirements and features that goes in, goes into a hopper that where where our primary focus now is moving to the general purpose platform. So all you all out there can build new extensions and modules, not just enter, but to, you know, sort of pluggable DeFi in general, or, you know, the, 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 the world of NFT Legos and start rolling out businesses. So, so that's our core development focus. While the ecosystem, while the, the current economy, you know, the current tools are deployed by the, the inter-protocol uh, ecosystem, DCF, Econ Committee, you know, the, the others that are involved in this. Um, so, so I know that, that, that the econ committee and the, the, the interprotocol community, they're looking at, you know, they're, they're putting together this process for adding collateral types, um, at, at, you know, one of the things here at the gateway conference as an entertaining signaling vote, um, you know, we, we, we get people, you know, people, at the conference to come in and place their vote on what the next collateral, what they think the next collateral should be. You know, it's, 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 um, uh, that, that is, uh. Um, useful sentiment analysis, but obviously once there's a set of, of proposed ones, then they go to, um, you know, uh, Econ Committee and Interprotocol works with Gauntlet that does analysis to figure out, okay, for this collateral, if you were going to use it and be sound, here's the collateralization ratio you would need. Here's what you should expect for the latency of liquidating. And so that says you need to do the following kinds of numbers. And they do this nice analysis to really make sure that we have an overall sound economy. And so that process will be coming out and discussed and ratified, um, you know, over the course of the next the next few months. Um, I'll be looking at adding a second collateral. Um, uh, the contenders on the entertaining signaling vote at Gateway were um, Osmosis or Osmo, Staked Atom, Wrapped Bitcoin, and I know I'm missing one. And then someone will beat me up when I don't have this image in front of me. But uh, uh, maybe someone will will chime in with it um, when that that, that has quick, the when you say staked atom is uh, which liquid staking protocol? It was it was ST atom was the yeah. was the particular one that people, presumably that means that there was a bunch of stride people at the uh, <laughs> at the conference, right? <laughs> Some someone also the most entertaining one. If we had a prize for the most entertaining was wrapped Monero. 
Um, <laughs> but which got one vote, right? Um, uh, but uh, but in any case, they're 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 working on that. Um, there's also a lot of work by um, folks in the Cosmos ecosystem. There are people, you know, especially me, because I keep encountering not having the right token when I want it. That that are starting to roll out getting IST as an acceptable gas token on other chains, so that as new people from outside come into the ecosystem, you know, they can get one currency and they can move their NFT from stars to, you know, across Axelard or wherever. They can, you know, other, the experience I had is I had to pay build for sponsorship of some conference. And so I moved build to Osmo and then I wanted to pay it to someone and their Osmo address. And, oh crap, this account does not have Osmo, but it does have IST. Can I pay? No, I, you know. And I had to jump through all sorts of hoops because I couldn't just use something that reflected money to pay for gas to get, you know, a little bit of business done. And so we can really lower the barrier entry by get, by getting more ability to use more, you know, more payment tokens for fees. So it's easy to move among chains. Um, there are folks like Akash and Omniflix that are setting up to have, you know, actual organic demand for stable where they, you'll be able to buy tickets with IST. Um, you know, you'll be able to pay for a website or, or, or GPU time in, in Akash, um, uh, uh, um, deployment uh, with IST, those kinds of things. So we're really looking forward to working with, you know, to, to, I mean, and Agoric is a software provider. We support those guys, right? I mean, you know, this is this is software they want to know how to use. We're happy to help them with that um, as they get excited to be able to, you know, integrate IST into to all the kinds of uses you'd like, anything that's valuable for payments to, to integrate with. Awesome. Beautiful. And uh, something that I always like to to do, at least towards the end of a, of a space, is to allow ourselves to to dream a bit, <laughs> and look uh, way beyond the next weeks or months or whatever we tend to do here in crypto, because uh, the ecosystem is moving so fast. Um, yes. And I want to sort of uh, you know put yourself in a situation where we sit here, I don't know, ten years from now, pick your pick your number, right? And look back at what Agoric and the Inter Protocol and IST has, has accomplished. What would make you a proud man uh, when you uh, when you sit there ten years, fifteen years, whatever uh, from now? What would you say is sort of like okay, if we if we manage to do this in in this period of time, we have ultimately succeeded. What would you look <laughs> back on and make yourself proud? Well, okay, so I expect to have plenty of things to be proud of long before then. Um, you know, the, the, you know, this summer, the first third party app getting a transaction on Agoric. That's what I want to look back on. Um, you know, that'll that'll be a, a sea change in what's possible in the world. Um, so to me, I think the big thing, you know, I wanted to add one more wrinkle to the previous question that sort of leads right into this, which is, you know, a lot of the reason for IST on Agoric is the extensibility where someone can add um liquidation insurance into the liquidation process. So instead of me getting liquidated, I've been paying someone a fee, they'll cover my debt. And, and suddenly I don't, you know, pay my Adam and I, I don't, my, don't get liquidated and I don't have to pay taxes on, on capital gains on my Adam or whatever. And I want to see third parties building these components, right? We've designed a system and we already have some third parties building stuff, but you know, that engine is working when someone I've never met 
builds a component that someone else I've never met is excited about and uses to launch their business. And so I'm going to look back and point at specific ones of those where we enabled an infrastructure for total strangers to cooperate and build a better world. And, and you know, partly I want to live in that better world and I want to live in a, in a world where you know, a million developers have been making it better, not just a few thousand, because that'll simply be, you know, a thousand times more better. Right. Um, and uh, and so that's really what I want to be able to look back on is is that that the stuff we've built has been enabling technology to a bunch of cooperation that that we can only dream of now. Right. I mean, I can imagine there's, every time I look at a vertical industry, I can see ways in which instead of having a monolithic, a monolith. Uh, squatting on this industry like Ticketmaster, you can have many smaller businesses adding rich individual kinds of services, creating a much better experience for all the users that, that, that work with it and enabling many more people to do something interesting and innovative in smaller groups cooperating with people that they like. And, you know, and, you know, my, my model of, of lots of small business successfully cooperating Blockchain is one of the, you know, is the vehicle for doing that. And, you know, cooperating smart contracts is one of the primary mechanisms for doing that. And so, so that's what I want to look back on. You know, the fact that this will also help us, you know, cooperate well with, you know, our future AI business partners. Um, that's just a win. <laughs> Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Dean, is there something that we uh, left out today? Is there something you want to ask the community to do even? Uh, something that, uh, I mean, obviously go follow both Agoric and Inter Protocol. <laughs> yeah. But uh, what, what, what would you like us to do before we close this thing off? Um, so within the next month, there'll be a bunch of developer resources, you know, or coming in the next months, there'll be developer resources. Get ready to start building, um, you know, in the OO manner, in the ability to do control of other th things on the on the uh, extended interchain ecosystem and think real hard about the end you know the end users out there that we want to surprise and delight with you know the functionality that web3 can bring um, you know that's we all need to shift gears to 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 bridging to those end users uh, you know the agoric platform will be a big help in that but it's 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 that you know think about it and then we'll make it easy to build that that's the goal so, um, so, you know, come back in a, in a, in a couple of months and start building here. Awesome. Let that be a, a word out for all the JavaScript developers and many more to uh, yep. <laughs> shout out to them. So, um, thank you so much, Dean, for, for coming today. It has been super informative and very inspiring, uh, at least I think. Uh, and I'm sure looking at the, the number of people who are still here after one hour of talking uh, together, <laughs> uh, I think uh, most people will agree. Uh, we'll reach out to the people that uh, ask questions that we blended in to uh, throughout the space. So uh, no need to DM us. We will DM uh, the winners of the giveaway. So uh, yeah, thank you so much, Steve, for coming on. And I'm sure it's not going to be the last time that we hear from you guys at the Goreg and Interprotocol. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all for listening. Uh, it's been great fun. Great questions. Take care, man. Bye. Now, this episode is sponsored by Blockbases your platform to navigate Web3 safely. Remember the feeling you have when you connect your wallet to a new dApp or smart contract, not exactly sure if this is safe or not? Well, Blockbases will answer that question for you before making any detrimental mistakes risking all your assets in your wallet. With Blockbases, you can easily review dApps and smart contracts that have either been audited or hacked. 
all dApps and smart contracts have been graded with a security score. And if you find yourself wondering, hmm, maybe there were some shady dApps I connected my wallet to in the past. Well, Blockbasis makes it easy for you to scan your wallet and revoke access to any dApps or smart contracts that pose a risk to the funds in your wallet. To try Blockbasis today, go on blockbasis.com, that is blockbasis.com.